This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga, a podcast for the body, heart, and mind. On today's episodes, we're talking with Beth Capici about marriage. And we're going to talk about each of our marriages and how the Enneagram helps us to navigate our partnerships. But I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Beth has so much wisdom to impart. And of course, she is the host of the Never Perfect podcast. She's also an Enneagram 2, a psychologist, and a licensed psychotherapist. So we're so grateful to have her. And thank you for listening. Welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga. We've got Beth again, and we're so glad to have you with us, Beth. And we're going to talk about relationships today. And we're going to try to be honest about our own relationships. You have a podcast called the Never Perfect Podcast, right? Yeah. It's a wonderful, popular podcast, and I encourage our listeners to check it out. But one of the things I would say about marriage is that we come as broken, imperfect people to marriage. So your podcast kind of applies to that. We are never perfect. Mm -hmm. And um, I would just, I want to own that. I think it's hard to own that. But, um, you know, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. But, you know, my marriage can be hard sometimes. And Mm -hmm. we're in couples therapy. And I think more people need to talk about that and name those things that it's not easy. And so we're going to do that today. We're going to talk about the Enneagram and relationships. If you're not married, maybe you can think about friendships and how the Enneagram can help you with your friendships, with your family. I mean, this this is far-reaching, right? It's not just about marriage. Um, But we're going to talk about each of our marriages. So for me, that's going to be how a two relates to a three in your marriage, how two relates to five, and in cats, how a seven and one mm-hmm. interact. And yeah. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So, mm-hmm. um, well, let's get started. And um, just want to be honest, we're using a book called Are You My Type? Am I Yours? I've had this book for about 20 years. It's called Relationships. The subtype says Relationships Made Easy Through the Enneagram. Renee Barron and Elizabeth Waggle. I may be getting pronouncing the names wrong, but wonderful book, regardless of whether I have the pronunciation right. <laughs> Are you my type? Am I yours? And we're just going to use some of what they say um, as we talk about how uh, we show up in our marriages. So um, what my husband, this book says, might say about me, my husband is a type three, mm-hmm. and what he might say about me as a two That he likes me because I anticipate his desires, I support him, and I treat him like he's important. And I would say my husband says that that's true of me. Um, He also would say that he likes me because I give him plenty of attention and affection. 
Yes, that's true. My love language is touch, lots of affection, lots of affirmation. Twos are good at that, right, Beth? Yes. Like we know how to affirm, right? Yes. Not all of us may have the love language of touch, but a lot of us are very touchy-feely kind of people, and we know how to affirm and encourage. So Totally. Yeah? That actually brings up a funny side uh, or memory. My yeah. husband one time said, oh, you're so good at affirming me. And I felt like I was. I would have given myself like a 25% as far as my norm. Yeah. And I didn't feel like I'd been very affirming, but in his experience, I was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. From the experience of a five, he was thinking, this is very affirming. Yeah. Not all fives naturally know how to do that, right? Right. Yeah. 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 It feels good, but it's tough to give. I relate to the the, the hug thing. You know, I love me a good hug, but I'm not a hugger. Like no. if it was just out there on the table, I'd probably go for way different things <laughs> way before than a hug. And uh-huh. it just neat how, you know, we, yeah. we, we, you know, my husband is a hugger and I'm like, mm, take it or leave it. But if yeah. you really want to, let's, that's right. Let's hug it up. I wonder just like with the love languages, just like um, with the Enneagram, if we score really low at something, like if we score low at touch or if like five tends to be my low number, like if that means, well, then we need to work on that. Like I know, right? You might work on touch. I might work on withdrawing more like a five does, knowing Mm -hmm. how to fill my cup up, things Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But back to like what the three would say about about me, um, he would say that I'm warm, understanding, and fun to be with because twos are empathetic, right, mm-hmm. Beth? Like that's yeah. one of our superpowers, and so threes would appreci- appreciate that. And he would also say that I like to make a good impression on others. Okay, so threes appreciate that because the two of us are in the image triad. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, you know, we we like to charm people. We like to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And so we're both social creatures in that way. We can socialize easily in any mixture of people. I don't know that I always feel that way like other people. Other people, I feel insecure sometimes, but I um, definitely don't mind socializing with right. other people and different types of people. Um, and then here's here's where it changes. I have trouble with twos mm-hmm. because they get pouty when I don't do what they expect. Mm-hmm. Guilty, guilty, <laughs> guilty. Like I can pitch a fit. And, and almost, like, be a little bit histrionic sometimes. Like, <laughs> I want it this way. Um, become overly emotional over practically nothing. I don't think that's true of me, mm-hmm. actually. But mm-hmm. I can see how that's true of, of a lot of twos. Trying to manipulate me into doing what they want. I mean, I... It's hard to own the word manipulative. But, I mean, if there's something I really want to do, I'll, I'll say it two or three times, mm-hmm. like, this is really important to me, mm-hmm. you know? So um, demand too much attention. My husband would definitely say that. Like, he's a doer, so he's always comfortable being busy. Mm. And he would say that, yes, I do ask a lot of him. Like, I want a lot of quality time at night. Um, so that would be true as well. So I don't know if you're thinking about your own uh, relationship and how you might relate to that, but that's kind of a start of yeah. the, t- the three and the two. Any thoughts that you guys have on that as we... So I think there's something to 
you know, which numbers gravitate to which numbers. Yeah. I keep thinking there's got to be a connection to why a two and a three, the two numbers that are right next to each other, would find that pool unlike any other number. Yeah. For example, or why would say one and a seven where we have, you know, seven is my era of growth and, um, you know, for seven, one is the era of stress, mm-hmm. how we would pull towards each other. So I think there's something to be said to that, but it doesn't make it like it's an easy thing to do. No. It's still, you have to be focused on each other you have to know how to communicate Mm -hmm. you have to Mm -hmm. know how to fight fair Mm -hmm. that's that's been a learning curve for you know my marriage but it's it's just neat how we come with different set Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. you know goodies yeah and and how we see like Beth said what we would not think our partner would see in us but they mm-hmm. recognize it and maybe we're just taking mm-hmm. it for granted yeah. and thinking like you're not doing enough and mm-hmm. and he's like babe right mm-hmm. well you know and the principle of egocentrism always comes to mind um, yeah <clears throat> excuse me just i heard a, actually a pastor talking about how we can make judgment dri- judgments driving like mm-hmm. someone who drives faster than us is driving too fast mm-hmm. someone who's driving too slow in our mind is just they're they're slower than we are but mm-hmm. Does that mean we're always going the right pace? Yeah. And I was thinking about that with you and your husband, Christy, like that idea of my way's better, like, mm-hmm. oh, Christy's being emotionally needy right now. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you need more emotionally than he does. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're needy. It mm-hmm. just compared to he wants to right. do, do, do or achieve. Yeah. And so he right. thinks, oh, she needs too much. But maybe he needs too little emotionally, you know? So just the differences don't have to have a value or a judgment, but I think just human nature, kind of like that driving, like our way is the best way. Yeah. And so what's wrong with them? Like, why do they need so much? You're absolutely right. I think I was listening to NPR. There's some kind of interview and um, the interviewer said the measuring stick that we judge others with and the measuring stick we judge ourselves with mm. on the same topic are quite different. Yeah, double mm. standard, right? Yeah. So that so that's you know something to be mindful of. And to the point that you said, I feel, and y'all are professionals, so I always feel like a you know I I I'm not trained. I just have life experience. But in my life experience, and yours may be different. The main the main ingredient to making it work in a relationship, marriage included, is to recognize what other person needs, even though it's not you what you need. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you said, I'm not a hugger and I don't need that, but I have got to once understand that that's what my husband needs, for example, mm-hmm. and then continuously give it to him because that is how he feels loved. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel loved by acts of service. For him, he would never, ever. Mm -hmm. But in order for him to show me love, he has got to speak my language. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that could be love languages. It could be, you know, different topics that we're talking about, you know, how you fight, how you run a household, irregardless. Mm -hmm. You have to pay attention to what matters to your partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And give it to them what they need and how they need. Yeah. Because otherwise you're speaking different languages, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I 
And I would say that, yeah, for Andrew, he needs more time alone than I do. And I need to honor that and give him that time. And we have to talk about that and negotiate. I mean, I think a big part of marriage is negotiation. Yes. And so we have to say, okay, you need this much time and I need this much time. So how are we going to do this? But I also think like we also learn from our partner. Um, For example, let's say a four and a three are married. The four is very, very emotional, Mm -hmm. right? The three is very, very stoic. Mm -hmm. And and maybe as they spend time together and and are willing to be open-hearted and learn from one another, the three learns to open up in their heart space. Mm -hmm. And then the four learns to kind of, you know, they, they, they don't always have to go to the emotions, right? That yeah. they can pull back a little bit yeah. and find that equanimity. And so I think that can be a beautiful thing if mm-hmm. we allow our partner to kind of be our teacher mm-hmm. and to say, to have this attitude that they have something that we need and that we have something that they need mm-hmm. and, um, and that we're both on this journey of moving towards wholeness and growth. And I think that's quite beautiful. Yes. And I would also say that Kat made a really good point. I think that in my experience of having clients and looking at the Enneagram and marriages, people do end up married often, not always, because it doesn't work this way in your relationship, but they do often gravitate towards a wing because they understand that person Mm. or they end up with somebody in their same triad because they Mm. understand like For example, the heart triad is motivated by attention. So a two and a four could end up together because they're in the same triad, but also because the two and the four have that arrow, you know, Mm. that the two goes to the four in health, the four goes to the two in stress. And the Enneagram would say you could go to the high or low side of the arrow as well. It gets Mm. kind of complicated. Mm. But with cat as an example... You're, you know, the seven and the one. Mm-hmm. And so there's a there's an understanding because yeah. you know that number. Yeah. And so it makes sense. Now, I've just seen that a lot. Um, I wish I could do some research. I probably could do some research right. on it. Wouldn't it be fun? It would be fascinating. Like, put the pen to the paper. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not not naturally Brene Brown. I'm not a researcher, but <laughs> but maybe I need to do, do that for fun. Yeah. Um, so it's something to think about. But I've definitely seen that with my clients. Um, but let's kind of just to kind of jump around, let's you guys, uh, whoever wants to go next, talk about how your partner experiences you. And then I'll go back in a little while and talk a little bit more about my experience of the three. So you, you jump in. Okay. Awesome. Well, it's so neat to learn about something like the Enneagram, which brings, you know, some, I guess, context or, or words or labels for experiences that you know you're having, but to mm-hmm. see, wow, this makes so much sense when you look at the theories. And um, my husband and I joke that I have FOMO mm-hmm. and everyone's mostly heard about that, but not as many people have heard about the joy of missing out, JOMO. Mm. And we joke that my husband has JOMO, I have FOMO. And when you look at the two and the five, like it's right there on paper, it talks about how Twos just love people and, you know, get energy off people and really looks at the desires of people. And, but a five wants to be alone, wants independence, wants to be more isolated. And so I actually listened to a podcast this morning on the five Mm. um, to prepare for this a little bit. And some of what I was reading, where did I put those notes? Oh, they're right here. It was talking about how a five 
you know, wants to keep in the inner circle and be around people they're really comfortable with. And they love independence, but doing that, they can isolate their loved ones. Mm. And so Remo and I have definitely had quite a few conflicts over my need to socialize and not miss out Mm -hmm. and his need to say, like, it feels to me sometimes like he loves saying no. Mm -hmm. I hate saying no. We joke about that in one of our podcasts where Mm -hmm. he's, you know, in the interview with me. Um, So understanding that what makes him tick is different than what makes me tick in a lot of ways and respecting the value, kind of like what you all were saying, you know, if we are from different worlds and we all have different cultures, then I realize there's value to his culture. Mm -hmm. He may have different priorities in his world and there's a lot of value in that. And I need to Mm -hmm. respect that, even though sometimes I want to be demeaning or egocentric, like, why would you be so isolated? Why don't you value relationships more? Mm -hmm. And he could be like, why do you have to be around people all the time? And, and he has said to me before, like, am I not enough? Like, do we have to have another couple or do we have to travel with another family? Like, am I not enough? You know? Mm. So, um, the, the man who was in the interview that I heard this morning was saying that he likes to be around people that He really knows Mm -hmm. and like his nuclear family or his closest people and the unknowns of meeting new people or acquaintances just makes him really uncomfortable because he has a fear of rejection. And um, so some of these, you know, traits do sometimes seem a little bit contradictory. Mm -hmm. Like he was talking about how, you know, fives which my husband is, they don't need affirmation. They don't really care what people think. Mm -hmm. But then he was saying they also have a fear of rejection or making mistakes and they want to be seen as capable. So sometimes that kind of thing puzzles me because I'm like, so you don't like affirmation, but you're really worried about what people think. Like you don't want criticism, but you don't want affirmation either. So what do you want? Like, I think it's a difference. I think when, even if, we talk about affirmation, what affirmation means for you may means completely different for him. For you, affirmation is, I like you, I love you, I want to be with you. For him, you're so knowledgeable, you got it. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Right? You know yeah. so much and you, you have know, so many right. great answers so and you're intelligent. Maybe five doesn't care if they're liked, mm-hmm. but they sure enough care if they seem like they are a dummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they the, want to be impressive, but maybe non-verbally knowledgeable, mm-hmm. revered, trusted in terms of what they're talking about and what they know about, and mm-hmm. you know, time that they appreciate the time that they've taken to learn and you know, research, discover, mm-hmm. etc. And for you, like, I don't know why is that such a big deal. I don't yeah. care, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So, but both are affirmations. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's an interesting point. Like maybe just the actions speak louder than words, like the sense that you mm-hmm. respect yeah. and appreciate what they're telling yeah. you or teaching you yeah. or learning yeah. mm-hmm. means more than the yeah. compliment. Maybe you just listening to him yes. means so much more than you saying a word. It does, for sure. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's an affirmation, you know, verbal, nonverbal. Yeah. Just I care about what you 
say. Y'all, we're going to solve the problems of yeah, the world today. I feel it now. <laughs> I feel it now. <laughs> but there's that fear of incompetence with, right. with the five that you were just talking about, uh-huh. Kat. And I, and I do think that there's just always a little bit of distrust with the five of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like that that's that unconscious childhood message. It's not okay mm-hmm. to be too comfortable in the world. Uh-huh. And so there can be a distrust of compliments of the world, of all of that. And uh-huh. yet, I mean, it's paradoxical because they long to be seen as competent. And mm-hmm. so I think there probably are times when they do long for the compliments and then times when they distrust them, mm-hmm. right? Like, so it's, it's, it's kind of both ends maybe. Well, for sure. And the other big piece with being a two and helper mm-hmm. and a giver is, you know, I think the fives want to keep the resources more close and in the mm-hmm. family and mm-hmm. they don't understand why are you helping people that are not in your inner circle yeah. And I mm-hmm. tend to be just, wasting it. Yeah. Why are you spreading it out? Yeah. Yeah. If I'm in the, you know, crossing paths with someone who needs help, if there's anything I can do to help them, mm-hmm. I will. Mm-hmm. But, but like you said, Kat, you know, my husband will be like, but you've got enough on your plate that should be more of a priority. And why are you just so mm-hmm. spread thin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that can, you know, he can judge me doing that and I can judge him not doing that. Yeah. Right. You know? It's interesting, too, because you said earlier that he really is great at boundaries and saying no, Mm -hmm. and you really struggle with Mm -hmm. boundaries, and it's really hard for you to say no. But again, it goes back to you can be one another's teachers, right? Like you can restore that wholeness to one another so that there's balance between the saying yes and the saying no Mm -hmm. for both of you. I mean, Mm -hmm. he needs to show up to life and say yes more Mm -hmm. and you need to turn down things and say no more. And so that's a beautiful pairing. And I think Mm -hmm. the Enneagram would also say there's no bad pairing, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's just like when two numbers are the healthiest versions of themselves then it can be a really beautiful thing in partnership. But Mm -hmm. when we both show up in an average space or below average space, marriage can get harder. Yeah. Wow. That's a great way to think of it, average or below average. Because I personally think raising children Mm -hmm. (laughs) puts me automatically in an average to below Mm -hmm. average space. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Welcome to the team. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so thankful I have kids and I'm, I love my kids, but I just feel like, you know, like 40% of my energy is just like shaved off Mm -hmm. from the get go every Mm -hmm. single day. And then you have less for your partner, Mm -hmm. less for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that that's good to remember when you think about, I, I dread them launching and growing up, but but it probably will be easier times on our marriage mm-hmm. when we don't have like so much energy depleted by mm-hmm. the stresses of household stuff and kids. And yeah. um, I do have two neat breakthroughs in my marriage, one of which I think is very relevant. One of, and both have happened since our last podcast. Ooh, I love ah, it. Detail. Nice. I don't have to tell you both, but I can. But one of them for sure is very relevant to the yeah, two and five. I want to hear. So one of the things that... Um, you know, they were talking about fives being socially awkward, which is interesting because one of the reasons I was drawn to Remo is because he is charismatic. He's not socially awkward. And I had some, I don't know what, what you would call it, but baggage around feeling like I I had to carry, 
um, my siblings socially growing up because my brothers were both very, very, very shy. Mm -hmm. And so in a lot of ways that helped me because it made me kind of not scared of people. And I'm like, so many people are shy. I'm just going to be the friendly one Mm -hmm. and I'm going to try to make other people comfortable. But, um, but Remo can really carry his weight socially. And that Mm -hmm. was such a relief to me to say, I have someone charismatic, but the surprising curveball was that he doesn't really, he dreads social things. Um, now ironically, he'll be the last one to leave at my like 20th high school reunion. I was like, Remo, can we leave now? Like we've been here three hours. So that's probably a little puzzling for not what you'd expect for a five, but, um, but we have had many battles over the years over the him wanting to not do social things, me doing social things, him giving me grief for doing those. And, and those kinds of things really hurt because mm. I would think, do you not care about me being happy or I feel stifled, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was, it's a real hard thing to merge that. And he would maybe feel abandoned or not prioritized. Mm-hmm. And I would feel like he doesn't want me to be happy and I can't do what I want without hurting his feelings. Mm -hmm. So we've had many conflicts and struggles over this. So the neat breakthrough was somehow it occurred to me, I believe it was in January to say to him, one of the reasons that I, I married you was because I wanted someone who could, could be charismatic and I'm proud to show you off. Like I love to show you off in social settings Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't remember all that I said, but it was kind of just like, I love seeing you interact with people and that like struck a chord. And he suddenly started saying yes to so many more of these engagements because he finally understood like one of the reasons is I'm really proud of you. And I, I love seeing you with people Mm -hmm. and, and kind of like showing them off. They talk about people being arm candy. Well, I'm not, I'm showing them off because people like him and they think he's entertaining and fun and he's a good conversationalist. And that's like a Scottish accent. Yeah. yeah, With an amazing (laughs) accent to boot. (laughs) But it was really neat to see. And I even told my dad, I said, dad, I've had a huge breakthrough with Remo because he now is, is less like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. He, he realizes what it means to me, so he's more willing to take mm-hmm. part. So How that's cool helped. How cool is that? It's a reminder of communication and yes, the power of it. That's yeah. true. And I'm a shockingly not good communicator. Mm. And I don't, I, I don't hide that from my clients. I mean, I'm, I'm good at communicating like this. Yeah. But sure. talking about feelings or conflicts, I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. That's, harder. that's harder for twos. I mean... We want to get along with people. We want to be liked. And so conflicts can be difficult. Yes. Yeah. For sure. And actually, that's kind of a a really tiny tangent that's very interesting is you all had said we might could talk about Dr. John Gottman's Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. One interesting thing that you all know from his research on marriage, which goes back at least 30 years. Oh, yeah. He's amazing. But when you hook people up to all these uh, physiological measures like electrodes, EKGs, Mm -hmm, blood mm -hmm, pressure, mm -hmm. respirations, and you see what's happening in their body and in their brain when they handle, when there's a conflict or when, you know, there's an issue or problem, like some people's physiology is obviously impacted. I mean, Mm. huge arousal, fight or flight, cortisol, you Mm -hmm. know, the stress hormone. And so that's just kind of an interesting piece in case we do talk about John Gottman today. I bet twos, 
would really show that on all those electrodes if mm-hmm. you said, you know, honey, I need to talk to you about something that's bothering me. Yeah. That they would get really stressed out in their body. Yeah. It would be happening in their body, but not necessarily visually. Yeah. You wouldn't see yeah, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I have clients all the time tell me, everybody thinks I'm so calm, uh-huh. but inside myself, I'm not calm. Yes. Yeah. And that might be a two or a nine sort of response is that this is how people experience mm-hmm. me, but... That's not really accurate. Exactly. Right? I've right. heard people say that too. Do you ever get stressed out? And I'm looking at them going, are you kidding? Like yeah. I feel stressed out at least half my life. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Tell us the second story. Oh, <laughs> I knew I wouldn't be able to slip that one past you. <laughs> that was not quite as relevant to the two and the five, but it is relevant to what you were saying, Christy, about letting like your mate influence you and yeah. the beauty of, you know, oh, actually, okay, this is very short lead up to that story. Mm-hmm. So I had this poignant moment when I was probably 20 years old when my aunt, who I'm very close to and named after, I just love her to death. And her husband, I, I, I love him to death now. But when we were younger, he was kind of like a stern businessman. He was always working. He wasn't around a lot. He wasn't someone I would feel like extremely comfortable around. Mm -hmm. But I I, I always loved him, but wasn't comfortable around him, I guess. And just seemed kind of hard. So one day they were getting ready for some event where they were dressing up. And I just noticed that he said to her, her name's Deidre. He said, she was trying to leave or something. And he said, what about your pantyhose? Like, don't you need to, or be careful with your pantyhose or it was something really sweet Mm -hmm. and it was so silly and simple, but I thought, wow, like this is what marriage can be about is he is the last person you would ever think would be sensitive or care about her pantyhose. Mm -hmm. But it it was something kind of nurturant and concerning and like, you're on my radar and I'm, I'm watching out for you. Mm -hmm. And it just hit me like, wow, like he's changing and he, he gets her and her needs are important to him. Mm -hmm. I wish I could remember exactly what it was, but like here, like probably almost 30 years later, I'm still that. So my story with Remo was kind of like that is after we've been married almost 18 years and he is not into holidays, not into mm-hmm. celebrations, birthdays, Mother's Day. And and I'm not real sentimental like Valentine's Day, I don't really I'm not mm-hmm. that sentimental, but I do want to be like I want a card, I just want to be like this yeah. is your day, this is a special day. Mm-hmm. We we're going to take you to your favorite restaurant or something. So we have had some real friction over Mm -hmm. that because he thinks that stuff is silly. He doesn't expect a big to-do. And so he didn't think, well, maybe I want more of a to-do than you do. Mm -hmm. And so I had had some hurt on different holidays, and especially one Mother's Day stands out about two years ago. It was horrible. It was very dark. Mm. I talked about it probably way too long. The kids will never make that mistake again. But um, So, you know, he just didn't fully get it. I thought that's still stupid. I know she cares about it more than I do, but this last year, and you guys were both invited, Christy, you were able to come. You weren't cat, but to my 50th birthday party two months ago or whatever, (laughs) he went all out and he, he got me a massage and a facial and he arranged to get my hair fixed and then got me lunch, this like yummy Mm. salad at Southern squeeze 
and a, a juice. And I like, he chauffeured me around all day before the party, made yeah. some amazing food. And, and like, it was just totally something he would never want anyone to do for him. Yeah. And didn't really want to do, but he wanted to do it for me, not for him. Such a good story. It's again him recognizing what you need, like Kat was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. and doing it, even mm-hmm. though it's not even necessarily no what he needs. to him. Right, yeah. right. Like I yeah. think this stuff is silly mm-hmm. and it's really a pain and it's it a lot of matter. work, but she wants it and I love her and I want her to feel yeah. loved and to give her what she needs, not what I think yeah. she should need yeah. or what she wants. Yeah. And so it was really a moment of like, oh my goodness, like he loves me. He cares about my needs. Like he gets me. And it was just a real healing moment that he did that. And I should have told him, like I teared up when he got me that salad. I'm like, he got me this yummy salad and this yummy juice. And he's doing some of my favorite things like a massage. And I'm like, he really gets me and yeah so sweet he's I becoming love that. a soulmate he he didn't he uh, you know I don't think you find a soulmate but I think your yeah. person can become a soulmate yeah if you learn their manual which is part of what yeah. you get yes. From the yeah. Yeah. yes ma'am we that's the word grow. you know I can't remember if I've told this story but I think it's kind of funny mm-hmm. so my first Christmas with my husband with which was like a little over 13 years ago. So or actually it was our second Christmas, but our first full year together because we started dating uh-huh. in December. So he brought over my Christmas present. Have I told this story, no, Kat? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so um, I'm a vegetarian. So, mm. you know, get my Christmas present. Um, and it was steak knives. And and a blender, and I had two blenders. Now, twos, one thing about twos, they're very personal with gifts, and Mm. and they're big gift givers. And for me, I was devastated. I couldn't hold it in. I started crying. Like, I just, you know. Like, he doesn't know me. He doesn't know me. Yes, yes. Mm. Now, at this point in my life, I just, I would be different about gifts. I wouldn't have such high expectations. Mm -hmm. Like, I've, I've definitely grown and changed. This is a long time ago. But, yeah, I did not feel seen at all. I, like, thought, oh. This is not the right person for me. <laughs> and, um, of course, like, we still continue to date. We never broke up. And um, and he is so great. Like, the earrings I'm wearing right now are from – we went on a trip to San Francisco. And I pointed out the earrings and told him, oh, I really like those. He got the card from the owner and flew them home. Like, he's just gotten so much better Aww. and so much more personal. Yes. Or, like, Friday night, I was leading a retreat this weekend for a church. Uh-huh. And um, he came home with a smoothie from Smoothie King. He never would have done that at the beginning Aww. of our marriage. But he knew I probably needed a pick-me-up as I went. And it's just, like, people do grow and they do change. Yes. And um, so we've got to ask for what we need, though, and mm-hmm. be gentle with our partners and be gracious because – Change does not happen overnight for us or for them. But mm-hmm. I will say, like, my husband has grown in that department. Yeah. And so, so it's similar to your story. That's, yeah. So it's amazing how touching something like that can yeah. be. Like, a smoothie could mean more than a new enga- a new diamond ring. Yeah, I you was know. really touched. Well, now I wouldn't go that far. No, I'm just like, <laughs> Kat's like I, can't I wouldn't agree go that far. <laughs> no, no, no. I agree. I understand. It's. When it comes from the heart. Yeah. yeah. And 
targeting the heart. Yeah, like yeah. I see you know, because big things, I always say, are made by tiny little things. And that's mm. when it's become a big thing. The same as, you know, you can die by a thousand tiny paper cuts. Mm-hmm. Little things would become a big thing that's going to break the camel's For back. Sure. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Good but job. Y'all, I barely passed psychology in college. <laughs> barely. You're and I, I know, right? And I did not enjoy the course either. <laughs> well, maybe, Kat, talk a little bit about a seven sure. and how they experience you. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, the interesting part about one and seven is, you know, Kevin and I always said that. We are each other's yin to each other's yang. So Mm -hmm. we do come together from quite polar opposites, but the irony of it is we understand each other's psyches because we have that arrow between us Mm. where I feel my best when um, I assume the qualities of seven, and then when he does not feel his best, he assumes the qualities of one. So that's kind of an interesting connection that we have. But (laughs) at my lowest, I'm like you. Right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But he gets it. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not a foreign thing. So that really has helped. But I also feel that just like you guys were talking about, we come, we get, you know, we all been almost married for 18 years and we are different people than we were 18 years ago. And the key is to the success of the whole operation that we're, you're growing in close proximity, close with each other together instead of apart because we're mm-hmm. all would change, but mm-hmm. what makes it or breaks it, are you keeping your growth together or not. So what I would say about a seven is what, um, what I like about being with, with Kevin, my husband is of course the spontaneity, the Mm -hmm. love for life, Mm -hmm. the true joy, the glass always half full instead Mm -hmm. of half empty, my default setting. And those are, even though the qualities that I struggle with, I admire them so much. And it's kind of like stepping into sunshine. Mm. My default setting Mm. might be the shade, but it feels so good to step out of the sunshine. Mm. I love that. Mm -hmm. Stepping into sunshine. You've got to go home and tell him that. Right. Oh, I know. Exactly. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe he'll listen. (laughs) Because he loves even affirmation, baby. (laughs) So I, uh, you know, I really like that about about a seven, and also, um, you know, what I like about it is what we share is being idealistic, maybe in a little bit of a different way, but. We both are kind of dreamers, and his dreams might be much more vast than mine ever would be. But we do connect on wanting to. He sees the world as a better place. I want to make the world a better place. Mm. Ooh, I like that. You know, mm-hmm. the, 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 the trajectory is the same. Maybe the pathway is a little different. But that also mm-hmm. it sort of unites us, which, you know, I like that about him. Because, you know, you like what what you like, what you mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I would say um, a one would maybe think about a seven. The vice versa would be that I think... What um, I provide to Kevin is that stability and organization and methodical outlook to life that could a lot of times be very hectic mm-hmm. and disorganized yes. and all over the place. As fun as it may be, that could take a toll on you. So I kind of bring it all down to the grounding level mm-hmm. and kind of keep it secured there, which I think is great. Also, I think um, 
one could set a really good example into persevering and completing what they start. Because Kevin, like, and I've said it before, like Alice in Wonderland has a million dreams before breakfast, <laughs> but are we getting them done? Mm-hmm. You know, and then we have we have learned, you know, I think our breakthrough, for example, was when yesterday we were talking about it. You know, I put everything down on the list, things that I feel like he should do around the household, you know, honey-do list, and it's kind of all over the place, and we're kind of having all these dreams happening. I said, well, how about this? Every night you pick one thing that you would complete off of this list that has to do with the homestead, with Mm -hmm. for everybody Mm -hmm. else, not for you. And maybe a few years ago, he would just get pissed off and be like, that's really... You know, mm-hmm. I don't love it. But last night, he's like, babe, that makes total sense. I can totally do that. I said, cha-ching. <laughs> you know, so kind of the same growth that he is able to not, you know, as foreign as it could be for him, uh-huh. you know, he he receives it, yes. which I think mm-hmm. is growth. Um, mm-hmm. And the last thing I would say is I am really what a seven would love about a one is a discipline. And and when if we're talking about marriage, mm-hmm. you know, we never go without, you know, if there's last slice of bread, the next day we will mm-hmm. have a loaf of bread. I will make mm-hmm. sure of it. The bills would be paid. Mm-hmm. You know, the spreadsheets are made. I know who needs to go where at what time in terms of the kids, et cetera. Because if we were both sevens, oh, help us, God. Yes. It, would, it would be chaos all over the place. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. if we were both ones, it would be probably just so structured and so rigid. Yeah. Like we wouldn't enjoy life at all. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I think we're a perfect example of po- pos- um, opposites attract. Mm-hmm. What I would advise again on my own experience uh, for couples who are kind of in the same boat, I think we meet somebody and get attracted to them as an opposite because it feels very exciting and interesting mm-hmm. and engaging. And then as you stay together, what used to feel that way becomes a pain in your ass. That's yep. what you start mm-hmm. just hating about them. Mm-hmm. And the goal is to find the way back to loving it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's where you where 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 you go the distance so for me to find the beauty that no i'm not a dreamer and i can get aggravated by kevin hey and i was just thinking about that oh and i and i had this idea and the things that would never come in fruition i know it he knows it but that's the thing and now i receive it Mm -hmm. and i said you know that sounds awesome Never would we ever do that, you know, whatever he dreamed up. But I affirm it and I get on the same level. And for him, the same thing without the to-do list. Instead of, you know what? Step off, you bossy lady, Mm -hmm. saying, you know, that's an awesome idea. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where you, you know, you get jilled up and then maybe things start aggravating you when you love them to start with because Mm -hmm. it's life. Mm -hmm. We got kids and homes and pets and bills to pay and groceries to to buy. And then to bring it back and and find the beauty in that again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And, you know, as you were talking Um, you know, about the challenges of, 
you know, the seven, but also the strengths. It reminds me that that's part of why I love the Enneagram because it helps us to see our partner's strengths and their weaknesses. Like they're not Mm -hmm. just one or the other. And, you know, with us having couples sometimes um, in counseling, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're working with them, you almost have to go back if they've waited too long to come to counseling to the beginning Mm -hmm. to say, why did you marry Jack or whoever? And, and then they'll tell you all these strengths and what they loved. And it's like, they've lost sight of that. Mm -hmm. They've lost sight of the beauty. And the Enneagram can say, wait a minute, this person that you're with has so many strengths. And when we see that and nurture that, that person lives into that. When we don't ever name that and we don't affirm that, that person, you know, kind of almost like loses their flowering, you know, their ability to be this like flower in in their full glory of spring. Right. And so like we have to really work at nurturing that. And we're talking about John Gottman. And I think what Mm -hmm. he says is like, for every time you offer constructive criticism, you need to give at least five compliments, Mm -hmm. you know, otherwise what people are going to hear is just the criticism. So we, we really have to, affirm our partners. Um, and we can say, well, you know, this is a difficult part that I don't like in you as a seven, but man, we better be naming the things we love about them as a seven or that we love about them as a three or a five Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. let them know that. this meditation, any seated position, cross-legged position, sitting on a chair, or wherever you are, find this meditation of breathing in and breathing out. And then bring hands to your heart, one palm touching the heart, the other hand to the hand on the heart. Inhale, self-love. Exhale, the tendency to put other people's needs above your own. And then inhale, rest. Exhale, a propensity for workaholism. And then inhale, gratitude. And let go of a tendency to get stuck in negative emotions. And then bring prayer hands to your third eye. Thumbs touching somewhere on the forehead. Inhale, connection. And then exhale that tendency to withdraw and pull away from others. And then inhale peace. Exhale your propensity to catastrophize. And then inhale groundedness. Exhale letting go of scattered energy. And then allow your hands to come to your gut, so to your stomach, palms touching your stomach. And we're gonna inhale vulnerability and exhale the need to be strong and tough. And then we're gonna inhale action and exhale the propensity to get stuck. And then we're going to inhale love, exhale the tendency to hold on to anger. And then bring prayer hands to your heart and know that the light in me sees and honors the light in you. Namaste, friends.